Welcome to the Emotioneering Podcast with me, Melissa Curran, founder and CEO of the Modern Mind Group. We're dedicated to improving your people skills so that you can have better relationships with others for a much more fulfilling life or career. People skills are not just a nice to have, they're a have to have. So when it comes to organizations as well, this really does impact the workplace and the results that you'll get from that. We're going to be delving into topics such as emotional intelligence, communication, leadership, workplace well-being, mental health, culture, and performance. I'm going to be answering your questions on all of these topics and sharing some insights from my career to help you move forward and definitely emotioneer a modern mindset. Make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel or on the Facebook page as well as LinkedIn. We look forward to connecting with you there. This topic is all about emotioneering the boardroom. When we hear that sentence, ah, I've got a big meeting to prepare for, or, oh, I've got a proposal or a presentation to make, then it comes with emotions, right? The nerves, the excitement start to kick in. We often think as well, what are they going to get out of what I'm talking about? Are they going to understand me? Am I going to get it? Am I going to be okay? Will the presentation go well? We're thinking all of these things. And my suggestion to you guys that are listening to it today is to prepare, to really prepare for what we're looking for, to hone in on what we want to achieve from it, how we put it together, and the intention. What, what intention are we putting out there when we are looking at the boardroom, right? So we've got some external boardrooms that we may be invited to. We've also got some internal boardrooms. So external, we're looking at pitching ideas, products, giving program updates or performance updates on a solution you may be providing or a partnership that you have agreed on. Internal, you know, you are responsible you're the head of something you're the head of the department you're the head of the project you could be a stakeholder you could be an executive director and those are the things that we would be involved in right so we're sat on both sides of the fence when it comes to the 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 boardroom or I've been sat on both sides of the fence rather within my career so that's why I wanted to bring this topic up because it's different than just communicating in a normal team meeting or in other settings that you may be present for. This isn't so much about the way we pitch. It really is about looking at it of, in terms of what we can do to plan and prepare for it. You know, the macro versus the micro. If we're in a boardroom, it really is about what's happening high level. What are the results? What are the outcomes? It's not really about the intricate details of how that happens. It is really about the macro level, the objectives, the not so much of the small tasks and actions that create that, but looking at what is the result? What is the trend? Is the trend our friend, right? Retail is detail, as they say, uh, but is the trend our friend? No matter what we're doing, how is that program being uh, communicated to the client? How is the product and the things being communicated? And is it making sense based on the outcomes that they want? My first thing to say on this is that don't just put the slides together and the data. Ask yourself, what is the narrative? What is the story here behind the numbers? Because that's, you may get it and you may have the knowledge and you may understand the way to put it across. 
other people may not understand it or know how you are going to sort of um, demonstrate or explain that to them and be quite clear on it. Challenges that can arise, keeping people engaged, right, with the message or with the program or with the presentation that you've brought up. Are they focused on it? Do they get it? Are they involved? Are they on the bus? Now, not everybody in the boardroom may be because they may have their own agendas, but are the people, the key people, the key decision makers that you want to be involved in the process that you're talking about, are they engaged with you? If they're not, there may, may be some challenges in, in the roadblocks and the things that you've got to do uh, to, to bring that back around in your favor. Uh, transferring the message and being understood absolutely what you understand in your level of knowledge may not be what they understand in their level of knowledge okay appeal to the motivations of the leaders what are their motivations and I'm going to go into that a little bit more um, when I start to look at how to prepare and how to increase your courage with going into a boardroom or going into a boardroom meeting accuracy and visual content you know are the numbers correct? Have you checked them? Have you checked them again? And again, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more into that. But these are some of the challenges we can come up against because suddenly if there is a mistake on the screen, that has got everybody's attention. Have you put it there intentionally? Maybe. Who knows to see how attentive everybody is. Uh, feeling the dynamic and have you got that likability, that relatability, that those relationships are key or building that quick rapport with people in the room so that they start to connect with the message that you are putting across. So these are some of the challenges that can arise. OK, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to take you through eight steps on how you can prepare and how you can increase your courage to emotionally the boardroom. Right. Here you go. Here are some top tips. Number one, who is going to be there? What are they about? What do they want? Right. So if you've got the CEO, the CFO, the CMO and the COO, they're all there for the greater good of the business. They have their own agendas and they have their own ways of working. Right. The CEO is the visionary, the greater good for the people. Are they about legacy or is it actually about selling the business on? Where are they at in that cycle? Is it about making it as efficient and as profitable as possible because actually they want to sell? Or are they about the people? Are they about the legacy and the people and what they're creating? Are they there to change the world? Do you know that about them? You're going to need to know which side of the scale that they are on with that. Uh, the CMO, right, the, the chief marketing officer or chief creative, whatever the person that is there in terms of the marketing. They're there for the brand message, the audience, the overall um, kind of feeling that they're the creative in it. So they really want to see how the the creation of what we're doing and how it aligns with the customer outcomes, what the customer feedback is. They want to know about the ROI on some of the things in terms of the marketing. Uh, they may also be looking at state of demand gen and the kind of demand gen and the organic strategies that they can aim to create and and um, in, in many different ways with the marketing. So again, it depends on their thought process for the for the marketing and what they're doing in their strategy. But you want to know what type of person or what type of CMO you're working with. They may be very, very focused on the ROI and, and being able to look at the paper click and looking at all of those metrics. So they may actually be a bit more open to uh, all channels, multi-channel and where it's coming from. The COO. <laughs> They, whilst they're macro on the high level, 
let me tell you, they balance between the two. They know the micro as well. So they may want to know a little bit more of the detail than maybe the other parties involved. They may ask you the how questions. They may say to you, well, that's all well and good, Melissa. But how is that going to work in reality? <laughs> that's the COO. I want to know what the performance is. Is it giving us an outcome? Where is the trend and what is it doing? That's the COO, right? How is it going to impact us um, in terms of people, in terms of process, and in terms of monetary value? They want to know those things. The CFO, the, the chief financial officer, right? The COO, chief operating officer, CFO. The CFO, the chief financial officer, is about making money, saving money in the bottom line. Ultimately, yes, you've got the turnover, but ultimately, what is cash in the bank? Cash is king. They are going to want to know the numbers and where that's coming from and what part of the PL that, that affects and whether it is possible. So they're going to be looking at those things, and that's their motivation, right? And then you've got the CTO, the chief technical officer all about the tech, all about what's new, what's innovative, how can we um, use the software that we have. It depends if they, if they have a CTO on their board, that's great. Many companies or many SMEs or scale-ups that I'm working with aren't at that point yet. They generally tend to have a, a CMO, first and foremost, or a CFO rather than, and the COO rather than a, a CTO. CTO, more SaaS-based companies, more, um, you know, tech it's very, very tech driven, but they're going to want to know well, what software do we need for this? How is that going to talk to that? What are the what about the data? Where's the data going to come from? How are we going to manage that? So they're going to want to know those things, but they are quite technical. Again, the CTO is a little bit more focused on the details of how things work. So a little bit closer to what the COO does, but also very innovative in their thinking. Right. These are my, these are my, uh, of course, my opinions, my understandings, the things that I have learned through working with many different people. And you may have a different opinion. They may have a different opinion if they're in that role. But these are the things that I have found that to be true within the fields of work that I work in. Okay, so you want to know who are they? What are they about? What department are they from? What is important to them? Use your critical thinking hat. Put all the different hats on. If I was them, what would I want to achieve? How would I want to know that it was into their, into the big picture? Yes, but how does it also fit in with their agenda and what they're aiming to, to move forward and what the initiatives that they're looking to implement? Interesting. There's many different things that are at play, but ultimately it's for the greater good of the company and it's for the greater good of the client outcome or the partnerships that are being created or the product that's being released, right? So who is number one, very important. Secondly, is how you put your content together, right? I talked about the macro versus the micro. Is it relevant? Often when I spend time with people putting presentations together or reviewing what they've put together for courses, presentations, content, present, you know, all of this stuff, we end up stripping it out. I end up saying, let's remove that, let's take that out. That is that really relevant? Do you want to put it in as maybe just an appendix at the end if you if you get asked the questions so you can refer to it, or does it actually make up the whole story? Is it relevant? If it's not relevant, why is it going in there? Okay. Uh, number two, the accuracy of your presentation. You know the spelling, the way that it's positioned in terms of how it looks. Uh, also, the accuracy of the numbers. I was talking a little bit about this earlier. There's nothing more distracting than somebody noticing that there's something wrong in the presentation. Where's your credibility going to be? Let's think about what a carpenter does. Measure twice, cut once. 
you know, look over it again with a fresh set of eyes, not go through it when you're tired or you've just been looking at this because when you've been looking at it, sometimes your brain or you've written it, your brain uh, <laughs> makes things up and misses a few things, right? That's what happens. So either get somebody else to look overlook your work or take a step back from it and then go back and a day later, a few hours later and look with a fresh set of eyes, okay? Number four, stories and social proof let's talk about our level of influence and negotiation what are we, how are we influencing how are we being persuasive does it make sense to the person is it relatable to them stories are you using analogies can you give examples of stories and things that can back up what you're saying and the social proof have you got the statistics right so the stories people go oh that's a brilliant story it explains the concept huh but does it work in reality, <laughs> it may be a very true story that you've shared, but they want to know the facts and figures then. Prove it to me. Oh, well, that's a great story, but prove it. What's the proof? Oh, well, actually, I can show you that since we've implemented that or that action has taken place, that X, Y, Z result has happened and there is more of an uplift in the number. We know that that was a contributing factor because it wasn't there before in the plan right? So what's the narrative? Can you talk to that story? It's not just about looking at the presentation and them getting it. Doesn't work that way. Number five, effective delivery, your body language. 80, well, all experts agree between 70% to 93% of body language is how we communicate. And we want that congruence. We want somebody to see how we appear versus the words that we're bringing across and to see that that level of confidence is still there or it matches. It really does match because they're much more likely to believe your body language than they are to believe the words that we use. That is a fact of life. Those are the things that we have been um you know, shown through research and many, many different experiments that have been done. And is the reason why people say perception is reality. If their perception is that you're not competent, you're not confident, you're coming across nervous, it's going to give them a question mark as to whether it is credible in terms of the proposal that you're making or the information that and the, the way that you're driving that initiative within the business. Number six, what's the agenda what is the objective now these aren't in a particular order guys we we need to do all of them <laughs> but it, what is the agenda is there an agenda for the meeting how much time do you have because otherwise you're going to put together 45 slides and realize you've got 10 minutes to make a presentation you know is the information re relevant have we got the time to really share the whole message if not do we want to focus on a key aspect and pull the story out of that and what is the objective what do you want the outcome to be right? What are we all aiming for? Okay. And make sure that that is the why and it's part of what you are communicating. Number seven, be prepared to answer questions and to adapt. Think about what types of questions could be asked in advance. Now you're not going to be able to cover every question with this and that's okay. There are going to be questions more often than not, what questions could they be? Also, if this is a similar presentation because you're pitching product and you go to different boardroom meetings and, and make presentations, then what are the common themes? What are the common questions that come up? What is your market research telling you? What are the people on the ground telling you? So that you can preempt some of those things, communicate them into your message. And if you've done that, then they may not have questions because it will be very crystal clear for them. But be prepared to answer them and to be able to adapt. Are you flexible? 
maybe we don't want to be saying no to the you know no shouldn't really be there in when somebody asks for something maybe it's a how can we make that work for you let me have a look at the options and come back to you on that come back with options different different terms right we don't have to say no and it doesn't have to be a yes it, it's just a little bit of a negotiation that can take place by people asking questions and then you can come back to them number eight next steps what are the next steps don't just leave it hanging in the air explain either what you're going to do or what commitment that you would like when you gain commitment clarify who's going to be taking responsibility of that when are we going to do it by and ensure that that's in your meeting notes your minutes of the meeting and that those have been uh, communicated out afterwards gain commitment to take action how are we going to move forward with what we're doing and what we're talking about here today and that's going to help you uh, to help the business help the people a win for you a win for them and a win for society or the universe that's what I wanted to talk about on Emotion here in the boardroom today. That is, of course, many different topics that could come up based on this. Uh, but that's some food for thought for you right there. Thanks for listening to the Emotion Earring podcast with me, Melissa Curran, today. It's been great. Remember to subscribe to Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, or all three. You can also come to the website, modernmindgroup.com, where you can subscribe there, stay in contact and let us know what you really think. Give us the feedback. This is going to get better by knowing what you think. Uh, has this given you food for thought? Has it helped you change something? What has it inspired? Let us know because that's why we're doing it. It's all about the people, people, people. <laughs> Have a great day and ciao for now.